Hi everyone, this is Chris. I wanted to preface this episode by letting you know we recorded it well before the coronavirus got to the current state it is in the world. We hope everyone's staying safe and washing their hands, and that we can provide a little distraction during these uncertain times. Take it away, John Hamm. We don't have enough for a conviction, fine. But I need to get them in a room. Right now they are burning the money bands in some bullshit safe house. All their alibis were paid for a week in advance. We're not going to pull any DNA off of this or off the switch car. And that, as they say, is that. This is the not fucking around crew. So find me something that looks like a print so I can grab one of these assholes and shake their tree because this not fucking around thing is about to go both ways. Welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast, the podcast where we typically watch and review random Christmas episodes, but we're still in the off season, so we're taking a break from the Christmas stuff to further explore some other areas of interest. Before we get to what we watch for this month's bonus episode, let's check in with my co-hosts to see if spring has sprung in their neck of the woods. John, Brian, how are you guys doing? I just thought of doing a really awesome intro bit where John and I pretend to rob you uh, violently and intensely, but otherwise spring is good. Oh, oh, because it's the, yeah. I was so concerned for a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's it's probably false spring number 13 in Wisconsin, so I eagerly await the next 13 inches of snow. Do you name your false springs like Florida names hurricanes? No, we do that with snowstorms here. Our news does that because it's <laughs> corny. So, like, and they're always, yeah, like... it's kind of fun. I think the one that, like, ruined everyone's life this year was, like, Doris or something. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, classic Doris. Well, yeah, I uh, I think we're as John John said, we're also I'm also experiencing a bit of a a false spring here at the moment. But yeah, I don't I don't ever I don't ever put on shorts until it's May in Wisconsin because everything else is just false. I don't put on shorts, but I put on jorts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Live that jort life. Hashtag jort life. <laughs> just as long as you don't jort your jeans before their time. <laughs> no it's a fall it's but like false false springs are like when it's like 60 in like the end of february start of march and then you just it waits for you to feel comfortable and secure and like everything's gonna be okay and then surprise 13 inches of snow in a day and then it's then it's just it sucks it sucks it's a terrible thing that's that's honestly my biggest concern is that we did not have enough single digit days this winter that I'm just like, what's gonna happen? Something bad is around the corner here. When's it coming? You hear you hear the piano wire just distant in the background. It's slowly getting louder until it dumps and then drops to five degrees in the middle of June. Exactly. Winter's just waiting to come up on us. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to find out. How many long, awkward pauses do you think we can make Chris edit out in post? <laughs> I think we're just all really worried that we're going to talk over each other because we're a little bit, a little bit of podcast rusty. This once a month schedule, it's throwing off our vibes, our rhythms. But you know what? We're as tight a crew as Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner because all of us are alive and none of us are in jail presently. <laughs> So let's knock this goddamn fucking podcast out of the park. Not going to do the other two actors' real names? Not going to do the other two actors' real name there, Brian? Huh? 
Huh? Uh, you mean huh? you mean silent silent McSilence <laughs> and uh, the driver? The driver is also a that's gone, as far as gone. I'm concerned. That guy's made a career out of is from Boston and looks like it, and I just respect the hell out of it, frankly. <laughs> not not to jump too far ahead in the movie, but I really enjoyed the scene where the cops are interrogating the driver, and they clearly grab the one Boston guy who is trying to have a career as an extra to get to play tough cop to get the guy to read his lines, and that was probably the most awkward part of the movie for me. Just come on, read the lines. It's right there. What? You don't know how to read? They don't teach uh, Charlestown guys how to read in in school? Come on, just read the lines. Read the lines cop is a top ten character in this movie for me. <laughs> of the nine characters in this movie. This movie rules because there's every minor character is fucking hilarious. And they're the best. Every minor it's, character is It's awesome. like serious fast and the furious. <laughs> It's Fast and the Furious where they don't is. take themselves self-aware enough, and it's awesome. It's the best movie from that. <laughs> it's the platonic ideal of a 7 out of 10 movie. The only real crime in this movie was underusing Victor Garber. I agree. I, that was that was a fun... There's a lot of fun stuff with this movie where like it's like, oh, hey, you're in this movie. Oh, hey, you're in this movie. But then it, they're, it's always very fleeting. But let's dive into it. Let's really get into talking about this movie today because as we mentioned we're watching the town hell yeah in honor of this podcast patron saint jeremy renner god rest his soul may he find peace <laughs> may he find peace yes not namaste <laughs> everybody go out and buy jeremy renner's album right now and show how much we all love him how great would that be if all 12 of our listeners bought <laughs> jeremy renner's album hey we got 12 more albums sold today that's incredible That'd be all the encouragement he needs to make another one. Right. I honestly wanted to do that album as a bonus episode reviewing that, but, you know, don't want to get sued by Renner for using his music without his permission. Because he'll come after you. I can't imagine he cares. I think the guy's kind of desperate for some positive press right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well kind of try and give it to him i guess i don't know we'll we'll see how we feel about it as we talk about the town which was originally released on september 17th 2010 by warner brothers and is currently available to stream via hbo if you'd like to watch it for yourself but if you haven't had a chance here's a little bit about what happened the movie begins with title cards informing us the titular town is a blue-collar neighborhood in boston called charlestown which has produced more bank robbers than anywhere in the world. We see a crew led by Ben Affleck rob a bank, which puts FBI agent John Hamm on their tail. Their robbery also involves kidnapping one of the tellers, played by Rebecca Hall, and Ben Affleck keeps an eye on her to make sure she doesn't tell the FBI anything, while the crew runs another job. This one, though, goes much less smoothly. With the heat on, Ben Affleck makes plan to leave Boston, but gets pulled into one final job robbing Fenway. His entire crew gets killed, but he manages to escape with enough money to start a new life down in Florida. Sound like a cohesive plot to you guys? <laughs> First of all, we're the podcast getting a jump on all the other podcasts. They're going to do a 10-year anniversary episode this September. You heard it here, folks. Pers. Here, You heard it here first, folks, on the Yuletide Christmas TV podcast. 
that's almost the right name of the podcast, Brian. <laughs> Wait, what podcast is this again? It's a lo- our podcast title has a lot of words. Yuletide. TV. Podcast. What did I say? You said Yuletide Christmas TV podcast or something like that. Yeah, I said it what you said. That's, Yuletide nope, TV nope, podcast, yeah. a Christmas Yuletide movie Christmas TV podcast. I think this That's, movie is like okay. a little under, like it does get a kind of like a little underrated because this is when like there were 700 Boston movies coming out per day. And this was like the tail end of it. And I think everyone knew this movie was good because at least I remember my reaction to a friend telling me this was like she really liked this movie was being like, I don't want to watch Ben Affleck do a Boston accent for two hours. So I'm good on this one. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> like I've 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 seen Warrior. What 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 is the runtime on this? Uh, it, it was just over two hours, just a couple minutes yeah. over two hours. My my favorite part of this movie was that they kept really trying to remind us that this movie was in Boston by having Ben Affleck's character wear exclusively Boston sports team apparel. <laughs> like, the first scene after the robbery where he's wearing that Boston Bruins jacket and the back just is emblazoned with Boston in huge letters. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't need the help here. <laughs> In fairness, if this was a Green Bay movie, I would do the same. Like, you've been, like, I wear, I probably wear a Packer hat or some Packer article of clothing, like, nine, I would say, like, seven out of every ten days. So if this was in Wisconsin, I would want that, too. Like, it's just a matter of how much your place likes the your place. I, I was going to challenge you on that, Chris, because have either of you two ever been to Boston? Yes. Oh, God, no. Oh, I wouldn't. Uh, d- I don't want to. F- I hate to face the things I hate. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> Chris, did you see a lot, of, a lot of Boston sports apparel? Well, I mean, I went there when I was in the fourth grade, so I don't really remember, but oh. probably. I don't know. I thought the same thing, like, oh, Boston, Bruins, Red Sox, you know, everything. They're really trying to sell this movie. And then I thought, well, maybe that's just what Boston's like. Do you guys know about the thing about him and Gone Girl, like, refusing to wear the Yankee hat, right? Affleck? No. Like, he delayed, produ- he delayed production a full day, fighting with the director about having to wear a Yankee hat, because he didn't want to do it. And also, like, he's <laughs> he's he's kind of right, because, <laughs> like, the movie's set in St. Louis. But, like, yeah, he's Boston. He's too Boston to wear a Yankee hat. Maybe that's, like, a big Good deal to him. him. He's... He's also not from Boston, but has a different perception of it. He lived there briefly. So, whatever. He's the only one who does the accent good, besides the fat one and the skinny one. Yeah, Rebecca Hall's Boston accent was just awful. So was Renner. I don't think she was really trying a Boston accent, was she? No, she was an outsider. She never grew up in Boston. She was a toonie. She gives a real uneven performance, too. I think this movie benefits a lot from, like, not too much scrutiny like i think if you kind of just watch this movie and don't think about it too hard like it's a really good like well acted pretty tightly plotted movie but then like i think because i've only seen this movie once before like when it first came out and so watching it again i'm just like i'd forgotten some of the things that had happened but also i'm like you know stalk the girl you kidnapped and follow her in the laundromat as you do i'm just like does any of this really make sense (laughs) right what was his out at the laundromat now for the people who haven't seen it 
uh, uh, like Chris says, Ben Affleck's following Rebecca Hall around after they kidnap her to make sure she doesn't know anything and grow to the cops. So he follows into a laundromat, picks up a magazine, starts reading it in front of a washer unit like he's doing something, and then leaves with her after he makes contact. Did she never ask, like, where's your fucking laundry, dude? What are you doing here? Well, it's funny. What unit shirts? He, like, freak, he like freaks out initially because she's like, are you doing laundry? And he's like, oh, fuck, she's on to me. And, like, she really Did- just wanted to know if he had any quarters. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah to your point never really followed up on what exactly he was doing there right right because then he asked her out on a date to make her day better and then we jump cut i don't remember if there's a scene before but then it's nighttime the first scene takes place in like the like broad daylight then it's nighttime and they're on the date so what happened in between was he able to walk out and steal another person's hamper of clothes to make it look like it was his did she leave first, assuming that he was still doing laundry? Like, what the fuck? I think you just have to accept you get away with a lot of things when you're six foot five and gorgeous. Right? So, like, <laughs> she probably was just like, yeah, it's a good looking, trustworthy guy. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. You don't know who Ben. I just want to play a game. John, I know your answer. Chris, let's say you never met Ben Affleck before in your life, right? And you meet him. As his hair is cut and he's dressed in this movie and everything like that, do you think, oh, this is a handsome, trustworthy man? Yeah, actually, I do. That's really what I was going to say. It's like, I, yeah. it's like, it's one of the most unfair things about Ben Affleck is that, like, you kind of want to hate him, but at the same time, you, like, see shit like this happen in his movies and you're like, hey, I buy it. Like, I, I kind of get it. Like, <laughs> all right. He, He's got some charisma and like very tall. <laughs> it just works out okay for him. Like, I I think like the part that you should be ripping harder as far as like the inconsistency on the date. It's like when she's like, he's like so curious, like oh, so you're talking to the FBI? And then it's like, and then he kind of yeah, like, oh my bailed, god, bail <laughs> threatens her. Where it's like, yeah, you could go to the FBI and tell them everything. You know, you could tell them you saw the tattoo. They for sure have tattoos in the. Uh, the database if he's been to jail which i'm sure he has but then you know what happens to you You get thrown into witsack get moved to st louis cleveland and it's just like like or you or you can just shut the fuck up see here i i like that a lot i thought that was his genuine in i thought that's how he really made like a connection where he was able to drop his guard a little bit about what he was trying to get at and give some honest to god advice Right, because I think he gave that not necessarily with his own interests in mind, but uh, I think he was thinking about what Jeremy Renner's character was going to do if he ever found out that she knew a tattoo on his body. Which is another plot point we should bring up real quick: is that when the bank is getting robbed, Rebecca Hall sees Jeremy Renner's back of his neck, and there's an Irish uh, fighting Irish tattoo there, and that's what she's able to identify potentially later in the movie. Never comes up, but she could. There's a lot of stuff that never comes back up in this movie, and that's the point. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just to go back to, like, even before he's laying out, like, the possibility of, like, her going into witness protection or whatever, the part where they're talking about it in the car, and he's just, like, asking these very pointed questions, like, she brings up the FBI person, at talking to the FBI and he's like oh so uh what's that like you got someone like checking up on you every now and then 
And she's like, yeah. And I would have been like, red flag, red flag, excuse <laughs> me. Like, <laughs> why do you want all the details about how often the FBI is talking to me? Like, is that normal? <laughs> she ignores his $100,000 truck that he's paying for as a sand and gravel worker. <laughs> oh, the avalanche? I worry about hot people. I just, I just worry about them. They just never had to think critically in their life. I think this movie is best summed up by the end of the movie and by no particular main or supportive lead. It's by this lawyer that Rebecca Hall has where all the SWAT team is hanging out in her apartment waiting for Ben Affleck to show up. And he does it, and everybody starts going away. And then the lawyer sums up the movie great by going to Rebecca Hall and saying, this is the best possible outcome. All right. And he just, he's gone. I did really like that line, too. (laughs) And that's how you should think about this movie. You just quickly, in passing, go to somebody like, that movie was the best possible outcome. Good job. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's the best 7 out of 10 movie ever made. It's just... (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to think about it. it like it, it's better if you don't think about it like it's... yeah if you don't if you don't if you if you start thinking about it too much like we're doing for this podcast like to your point john of like there's just all this stuff that like never comes back up like they make a big deal out of one of the guys in the crew like he can hack into the security cameras and stuff because he works for this company and then they, like, bring that up halfway through the movie, and then they, like, keep doing robberies. And I'm just like, so the FBI figured out that this guy works for this company and knows how to do all this shit. And so I'm like, and so does he just, like, get to keep working at that job now? Or, like, how does that yes. work? Because John Hamm is building a case. Poorly. John Hamm is very bad at his job. Just trying to fuck every female witness. <laughs> there's a 9-11 bit that john ham threw out and i'm trying to look for my note on oh it. in this movie yeah it's like well we're not gonna get 24 hour surveillance on him unless they're muslim and i was like jesus yeah. christ well i mean it's not wrong <laughs> it's 2000 2010 America. <laughs> you know it's probably still probably even more so nowadays like do you think right? ben affleck when he was making this movie and casting it and he was like I'm going to be, because, like, John Hamm, like, makes a pass at, like, all the women that Ben Affleck's character bones in this movie and, like, does not <laughs> succeed. Do you think Affleck's, and at this point, John Hamm is, like, everyone's about John Hamm. Do you think he's, like, let me make sure that I am shown as. <laughs> this is Ham Sweats at its peak. <laughs> let me show that I'm strictly more attractive than John Hamm. <laughs> also, Blake Lively's in this movie and awesome and underused. Oh, 100%. Like, I wrote that note, too. In this movie. 100%. So good. So fucking good in this movie. And then Kills he it. has like three scenes. Kills it. Can, can we just go back to John Hamm real quick? Like everybody thinks John Hamm is an incredibly handsome man. And in fact, there's a couple 30 uh, rock episodes about it. And for the most part, I agree. But every now and then John Hamm does this like frowny face thing where all of a sudden his chin disappears into his neck and he looks like Beaker from the Muppets. Did anybody else notice that? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little bit of that going on. I think you got I I think to both of your points like this is not John Hamm looking his best in this movie. Like his hair is kind of weird. He looks like ridiculously small. Like he just looks like a like and he's not like he's not that big of a guy in real life. He doesn't know how to handle a shotgun. 
Yeah, the, like, the, the, the shotgun looks comically large in his hands in this movie. <laughs> well, it also takes him 80 bajillion shots to shoot out a fucking tire. Like, I'm not claiming to be an expert marksman or nothing, but, It's like, a moving on. target. At least three. It's a shotgun at four feet range. It, dude, that would be so hard. <laughs> it would be really hard to do that. What? No. To, okay, to... we're doing a YouTube bonus episode from flying out to Wisconsin. Who's got a car with tires we can shoot at? John? I grew up shooting guns a lot. That would be hard. <laughs> like, I promise you it's not as easy as you think. Like, you're shooting, like, a <sighs> six-inch right. target that's running away from you. With a... with some, And it's probably... I don't... Like, I would assume a police shotgun throws slugs. So you're trying to hit a slug down open sights on a moving target at, like, 80 miles an hour. Oh, fine. If you All can right. do it. All right. I was if assuming... You can, if you can... I was assuming buckshot. Yeah, probably not buckshot in 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 the FBI rifle. Probably not. I don't know. I don't, I'm not in the FBI. Are you in the FBI? I don't think John Hamm is going bird hunting after he gets done investigating this crime. But it does feel like it would be in character. <laughs> he's so, a, who knows? he's an all American, John. <laughs> he knows exactly what six point one inches is. <laughs> that, seems, that seems fucking stupid too. But it's awesome. Hold on a second. Is anybody yeah, that else? Yeah, that is not um, great. Is anybody else a little infuriated that uh, American dollars aren't six inches long on the nose? No. Oh, I mean, it's probably like a counterfeiting prevention thing. Yeah. What? I mean, it's also, it could just be that the machining makes more sense at 6.1 inches. I don't know. Yeah, probably. But, like, if you ever need to know how long a foot is and you've got $2, you could just stretch out $2 next to each other. Like, there's there's practicality to it. Well, you can you can still do that. Like yeah. it's six point one four. He said, "Like it's not, yeah, it's not twelve inches a... on the dot." If I want to put out my two dollars on the top of my Kohler, Kohler, Coleman cooler that has the little ruler on this bit's going nowhere. Brian, yeah. why don't you take that twenty dollars and go buy a fucking yeah. ruler then? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's exactly. not as fun when I'm out and about. <laughs> uh, so who, who who did everyone think was the best actor in this <laughs> well i just i just loved again only having seen this movie once before i loved like i, I remember john ham jeremy renner ben affleck that's that's who i knew was in the movie so like every like little scene like beginning of the movie oh hey victor garber and then oh hey blake lively Oh hey Titus Welliver. Oh hey Chris Cooper. Like it's like oh I like all these actors that are popping up in this film. Great cast. Yeah. Carrying a carrying a, not a good script. Strip, uh, great cast carrying not a good script to the finish line and then doing it just. Should we have all done vocal warm ups before we started? Yeah, we got to start doing some more red leather, yellow leather things. I'm just. <laughs> we came in a little cold, but that's okay. It shows. It shows we're Americans. You know, real average Americans out here just <laughs> fucking talking about talking about 2010 action movie. It's just that charming, authentic, rough around the edges. You know, <laughs> just like just like the, all the characters in the town. You know, you know they're the bad guys, but you want to mm-hmm. love them. It's just you know they're they're real. Chris, would you would you shoot a guy who was gonna run up on me with a Glock for me? Would you do that? Would you be as good a friend <laughs> as Jeremy Renner? Ask yourself. Do we think that's that's what really happened? Do we think that's a true story, or do we think that's a manipulative manipulation on Jeremy Renner's part? Probably. It has a flashback. I never thought of it that way. I just kind of took it at face value. 
I'm a sucker like Ben Affleck, I guess. Well, it's, I mean, the flashback is that he killed the guy. I'm not disputing that, but his reasons yeah. for killing the guy, yeah, right. I, I would, I think are somewhat suspect. You mean you don't want him at him and, uh, or Ben Affleck to move in and play dad to shine? You don't want that to happen, Chris? <laughs> you anti-family? Uh, you just... <laughs> I'm not anti-family, but, I mean, you don't force family on someone who doesn't want it and doesn't have an obligation to be involved in it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This is a perfect segue into talking about the Ben Affleck-Jeremy Renner character connection, right? Because I, I got a couple notes here on that. And the first one is Ben Affleck using jeremy renner's prison time to prevent him from following rebecca hall around instead of ben affleck right and jeremy renner's like oh fine whatever like yeah you do it and then later in the movie when jeremy renner talks about killing her to not go back to prison ben affleck's like what why is that a motivation for you when he used it earlier on him in the fucking film oh i did not pick up on that yeah i think ben affleck's character in this is a uh, is actually like a tremendous piece of shit and we just kind of like yeah <laughs> oh just an awful human being yeah like he's like he ha- he for sure has a kid that he's just like refusing to acknowledge like he literally hits a woman <laughs> just but like jeremy renner's character is worse so you're like well this guy is a reasonable man he's being nice to this woman he's having sex with he broke into a boat and gave her some champagne like <laughs> <laughs> that was my problem at the end of this movie was like it's it's almost like when i reread the great gatsby a while ago and i'm just like wait like ben affleck is positioned as this like robber with a heart of gold but you're kind of like is there anyone to actually root for in this movie like because i don't think there is i always kind of thought of it as uh we're just watching a movie of circumstance and that we're not necessarily supposed to root for anybody outside of Rebecca Hall to not have a like hopefully maybe she won't have a fucked up life until <laughs> she dies but right like you don't you're not really you're not really caring about Ben Affleck getting out of this life and you know I think you're supposed you don't, to, you don't really care I, about Renner at all Oh, I absolutely cared about. I care about Ben Affleck's character. I'm invested in that character. Like, do you succeeding? Yeah, oh god, yeah. You want that character to make it up? He's he's incredibly charming. He's just also a bad person. Like you just, but you don't like. All right. You have to like think about it to know he's a bad person. Like, because he's so much more developed as a human than the rest of the people around him. He's like working with like just like murder gorillas, but like he also shows right. that he has like warts and influences from it. But, like, just like his mother didn't want to be a mother, he doesn't want to be a father. <laughs> I I really wish that, that him, Ben Affleck, and John Hamm could find some common ground and become friends, you know? Kind of having a Pacino-De Niro relationship, like in the movie Heat. And it was there, right? Both of them really did hate that security guard who was going G.I. Joe. <laughs> and I think if they both talked about their disdain for the same person, they could have they could have come together. And by God, did they hate that one dude who was tucking his tucking his pants into his combat boots and pretending <laughs> to be soldier. There are some really like standout scenes like that yeah. in this movie, though. Like I also like the scene where 
Ben Affleck comes to Jeremy Renner and he's like, you can't ask me why, but we're going to go hurt some people. <laughs> and and Jeremy Renner's like, your car or mine? And I'm just like, just those little snippets are really good. And there's a lot of those in this movie. It just like, again, if you think about it too much, it doesn't all quite come together as neatly as I think the movie wants you to believe it does. Renner delivers a great one-liner too. What was that? The no more college. Oh, there goes college soccer. That's very funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) Seems to shoot some man in the kneecap. Oh man, I feel like this. To your point, Chris, where there's just like a bunch of really great little scenes. It's almost the other side of the coin of a Zack Snyder film, where there's a really there's a lot of great cinematic shots that don't necessarily string together to make a full movie either. Not that this doesn't make a full movie, but but if you take snippets, like you take screenshots of a Zack Snyder film, it's like, oh, this is objectively beautiful. Like they did a really good job with the cinematography, just like they did in this really great job with some of the minor character work. I think the cinematography is really strong in it too. Like the fight scenes are really, like the gunfights are all really good. The like car chases are all really good. That, yeah, the that car chases, one car especially chase, yeah. on those narrow Close streets. Close the fucking bridge. Yeah, the and even like the last one, like the like the last like gunfight is fucking sick. It's just like it it just it had a super troubled development from my under, to my understanding, where like Affleck wanted to make this movie forever and couldn't get anyone to like buy in. And I think when that happens to movies, you just end up with a situation where it's like nine hundred people touched it. I know they made them. Cha- I know for like for certainty they made them change the ending because the ending of this movie is so fucking bad. Like the just they like it, it had like it a goes way, it, it goes had, the I, full Shawshank. Yeah, and like initially before reshoots, Ben Affleck's character died in Fenway too. So like, mm. which is like I think like a different movie, but maybe like a little more poignant, kind of like. That he couldn't get out of his like life or something, but or like yeah. he maybe kills kills the for whatever kills the florist and then dies. But like yeah, it's it's a really different really different movie. I uh, like with him just sitting on like a poorly CGI'd Everglades, looking over it, waiting for her to come. Can we talk about the florist real quick and He's great. Uh, how? <laughs> Yeah, how strong that performance was when he went from just like random old ass dude to super evil person with one quick monologue. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie for sure. That scene. Oh, 100%. Fucking awesome. <laughs> just... Awesome. It's it's a great scene because you you don't really even realize what's happening initially. And then like your brain is catching up to what you're hearing and you're like, oh shit, this is bad. Like he's not just <laughs> yeah. talking to him. It's like, like wait, what the fuck? Wait. What? Just throwing yeah. knives. Like I I just love the juxtaposition too, because like Affleck is a physically imposing dude. And he's like, No, I'm gonna be leaving. Like I'm and then he talks tough and then the guy's like, Yeah, I actually can just go kill that kill your girlfriend like I killed your mom whenever i want so you're gonna do this like oh he didn't even yeah and he didn't even kill the mom yeah right the mom killed herself like he did way worse way <laughs> but he worse. like he like helped get her hooked or something didn't yeah he? exactly he got her on yeah. drugs yeah got her addicted yeah. to heroin and then she killed herself when she couldn't get her fix anymore so it's, right yeah 
fucking and like evil. <laughs> Doc chemically gelded his dad. Is this quote is what he did, which is a <laughs> tremendous metaphor. There's like it's it's tr- truly wild. <laughs> That's on like uh, honestly what kind of Ben Affleck directed movies excel at though are scenes like those. Like every movie he directs kind of works off of those super well. Like I don't I there's another one of these that I like a lot more than <clears throat> a lot of people do called Gone Baby Gone, which like 2007 mm-hmm. movie had Casey Affleck in it. So if you're gonna watch it illegally, download it so you don't give that fucker money. Um, but like yeah. Uh, Fuck that guy. Incredible movie. Just has a shit ton of scenes like this. And, like, kind of, like, I think laid the footwork for this movie to be made, where it's just, like, the, like, the driver is a, it's like a, like a very, like a hip-hop-influenced drug dealer, and he delivers so many fucking scenes about how he's going to murder people, and it rules. So, like, that's, like, what Affleck scenes do. And I think, I don't remember, Ar- I don't remember Argo well enough to know, but I assume it was also like this. I think it's a little more lighthearted than this is, but yeah, I, from what I, again, that's a movie I've only seen once too and enjoyed, but it's, it's a weird thing with like Ben Affleck movies, where uh, directed movies in particular, where it's like, this is really good and I enjoyed it and I don't need to see it again. Like, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I disagree. I think this is the exception to the Ben Affleck rule where I love watching this movie. Yeah, this know, movie, It's just a lot of fun. It, this movie's popcorn. It's it's so fun. Right. It's all because of that second robbery that goes wrong because of that car chase. That car chase is just so awesome. Yeah. But again, like that, I think com- illustrates part of the problem with the movie too, where it's like, okay, they run this second job knowing that they're like, they know at that point that the FBI is like onto them and they do it anyway. And then they run this third, even bigger job knowing that they've already been called in by the FBI. And it's just like, well, why? I, why do you keep hold, doing this? Is this is the Fenway job that much bigger of a job than than the first bank one that they did? Because they said three and a half million. million dollars is a lot of money, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but how? Oh, and they only pulled ninety k from the yeah. first job, right? I'm just thinking like I'm thinking duffel bags here, and I felt right. like the two duffel bags they pulled from Fenway didn't feel like a whole lot. Well, well no, they lost all the But that's loot. the other confusing part. Because Renner is pushing a cart full of duffel bags, and then they load them into the ambulance, and then Renner only walks away with one of them. So Yeah, and then Affleck doesn't walk away with another one. I don't think you think about getting all the money out when you're in a, a crazy gunfight with the SWAT team. I think you just take, oh, I think you right. take what you get, and <laughs> you're just like, call it. Like, yeah, I guess I'm just saying like they started out initially with a lot more than we saw at the end. I think like they do this... like they keep doing it because they want to show like the whole like the second act of the movie is just kind of the tragedy of like i guess they're trying to show it all the time but like like the tragedy of uh gem renner's character because he's all like fucked up from his like difficult life and being in prison and like he can't stop doing these like awful behaviors and he never he never had a chance to not be that person so i think it wants you to feel empathetic to that and that's why they need to like show show it so clearly that's like, he knows this is wrong, but he's going to keep doing it because he loves stealing and killing. That's all he knows. Yeah. You know, I think that's a large portion of the, the title crawl at the beginning was just setting up the, the Charlestown environment and kind of just giving you a little bit. Typically, I hate opening title crawls that are just exposition. 
you know, as much as I love the Blade Runner films, they're guilty of it probably the most, but you know, it does its job and it, it works and, you know, it kind of helps you understand Charlestown a little bit more for someone who uh, has never been there before. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good shortcut to, to get us in the mindset of where this story is going to be taking place. Mm-hmm. Did anyone just going back to Renner for a minute, did anyone uh, else uh, either while watching this movie or after watching it really want to watch SWAT? Cause I feel like he plays an almost identical character. <laughs> I had forgotten SWAT existed mercifully until now, but now I want to watch it. Hey Chris, John, you, you're, you're either, either SWAT or you're, or you're not. not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> holy, holy shit! That movie. Holy shit. <laughs> There's some fun stuff in that movie. Everyone shits on that movie, but I don't mind it. <laughs> I I only I hold on. I only remember SWAT recently. It was because we watched the recruit last week with Colin Farrell, and good God, did Why? we love watching Colin Colin Farrell box in the early 2000 films. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just what's the what's the entire what's the boxing movie Annapolis? Can we just watch that strictly? Oh god, Wait, I never oh, want to god. see that movie again. Holy crap. Was that Jake Gyllenhaal boxing, right? Can we get... No, Franco. Oh, no, James oh, Franco. Oh god, no. With 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 Tyrese Gibson. <laughs> oh god, that's right. I, if you gave me a hundred years, I couldn't write a worse premise and cast. Oh <laughs> Jesus. The only part of that movie I like is when they're trying to I, I think it's Franco. They're trying to, like, bulk him up for his weight class, and they're like, well, our diet is super restricted here. Like, we can't, like, get a bunch of, like, fatty shit for you to eat. So just start putting butter on everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, as a, as a person that, like, came from combat sports, God, do I wish there was a world I lived in where it was eat more instead of look at food longingly and never get to eat it. Oh. <laughs> hear a light sad piano melody in the background the least true to life experience wow. of boxing <laughs> Just, yeah you gotta eat more you gotta eat more kid like uh, <laughs> oh the town all right well as we have started to discuss other movies maybe it's time to give our final judgments on this one and just like Clute, I've come up with some town-specific categories. So, yes! do you want to call this a terrific town, a reasonable renter, or an awful Affleck? <laughs> <laughs> a, a real Pearl Harbor. Oh, God. As much as I want to love all those, none of them are heist-related. Yeah. I did this on the fly. <laughs> you got to do like a. This was very quickly done. It's, it's I didn't got, put a ton of thought into it. It's got to be like do one a more pin, time. One do more a time. Pinch. <laughs> like a clean heist. Do a pinch. Like those are the good and bad. I don't know. I don't know what the middle would be. John Ham's a looking at you. Ham tied. <laughs> <laughs> or a go fuck yourself. John Ham. John Ham tries to fuck your fuck your ex girlfriend to find you out. I don't know. <laughs> fucking and cooperation are two very similar mindsets john but he knows he knows she's selling drugs oh that's right yeah selling oxy yeah has to give him up or else shine's going to cps 
I'm really glad John Hamm didn't try a Boston accent in this movie. I John Hamm can only play this character. In anything that isn't Mad Men, he plays this character. Yeah, that's, and I'm super fucking true. excited to see this character in Top Gun 2. <laughs> Does he get to do the Now bait? that you mention that, I kind of am. Does he but... Yeah, this is going to it's going <laughs> to Yeah, it, right. Like he's not wrong. It works all the time. But Right. John Hamm's like that guy or friend you like to run into at parties but don't actually like hang out with one on one. Like, oh good. Bob is here. <laughs> he needs to <laughs> I just want John Hamm to do this character, but he still has to do the uh the like Iceman bite. <laughs> <laughs> Val Kilmer's gonna be in Top Gun too. He's gonna He can do his own bite. He's gonna do an Iceman bite on a sandwich. Got <laughs> Fucking got him, baby. Hey, you guys want to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I'm surprised we're not watching Kiss Kiss Bang Bang right now. Yeah, all right. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, hey! <laughs> Bonus episode. Uh, but this is the there most terrific town that's ever been. It's, it's, yeah. it's two hours you can absolutely do anything else during while watching it. Right. come back for the fights maybe come back like you what's nice about the town is like you can go away from it come back to it and you'll probably get something good like right if you're throwing this on on a saturday and you're doing chores around the house laundry you know whatever throw the town on yeah yeah i'd also say terrific town i think i think the the, the baseline of this it, even with some of the criticisms i've had of this movie i i think it's it's better than average, you know. It's it's objectively better than an average movie. So you're you're gonna, you know, everything John said about it, you're gonna enjoy, and you're also just gonna. It's just a little better made than your typical movie, you know, your typical heist movie. So you son of a bitch. Terrific towns all around. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in. Three out of three residents of this podcast all participate in liking the town. The highest percentage in America. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that does it for the town. And we're announcing our new, I don't know, limited miniseries, we'll call it, of some sort. uh, Where we're going to continue to do our monthly bonus episodes, but we're going to have a a three-month theme, which, for lack of a better name, we're going to call Screw You, Watch This. Where we force each other to watch weird things that we like. John's going to go first, starting in April. John, you want to tell people what you're going to make Brian and I watch? I, I would love to, because April shower, April brings showers, so I'm going to make these boys cry by watching the end of Cowboy Bebop, so we can be, because we're sad white guys, so we're going to watch either the last two or the last three episodes, depending on how I feel about it. All right, Chris, now I think you and I have to protest just a little bit to get John into saying, screw you, watch this! <laughs> uh, okay. No, uh... I've Put never Cowboy watched Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, and I don't anime? want to. <laughs> oh, God, just anime, John. It's the most American anime. It's, it's an anime. anime so good that its dub is considered the better that it's than its sub, and also what? it's not even but, po- uh, it's not even popular in Japan. Like we're the only ones who like it. Why? Why? Why do I have to choose between dub <laughs> or sub at all, John? Come on. Uh, An- anime. Yeah, 
cartoons. It has, yeah. it has the it has the prettiest fight scene that's like been animated. Screw you, watch it. Uh, we got it. All right, ah, all right, there. fine. <laughs> did a bit. I did the bit. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Fifty. Yeah. Flare I'm actually thing. very excited to watch Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, it's, it's objectively great. <laughs> it slaps, dude. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm gonna yeah. get. I, I, the last three episodes have all the peak super sad parts, which is like all you need, and it's mm-hmm. still like an hour of your time. Is it? Is it gonna be sad? Sad for us? <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't like the up. Ep- so like, just like background on Cowboy Bebop, super quick. The sh- like I said, the show wasn't successful in Japan, so they were like, I don't know if you ever watch an anime, they tend to go and like, like there'll be like a twelve episode block, and then they decide how people feel about it. And then the rest will just be like, all right, you have another... If they decide to even keep going, it'll be either you have, like, an episode or 12 more episodes just to get this done so we're over it. And this was one where it was, like, get it done in 12. So then it just, like, he had to, like, rush the plot. So, like, all the episodes are super not... The episodes are super self-contained. They're just, like, little novellas, like, little noir. You're going to really like it. It's a noir. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. You know, and the fact that all the episodes are self-contained is kind of what's awesome about it. I think there's only one or two. These three are pretty at the much beginning the only ones I can or think in the of. middle that have an arc that span a couple episodes. But for the most part, they're all very well contained and just a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It has really fun music, really fun theming. Yep, yep, really great animation. You know, great. Yeah. Well, I look forward to watching it in April. Until that time, you can uh, leave us a review. That would always help us out as we slowly gear back up for season two of our podcast. Getting some some more reviews would help get more eyeballs on what we're doing here. You can also uh, email us, yuletidetv at gmail.com, if you got any suggestions on what you'd like us to cover for season two or in a bonus episode. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where we'll be providing updates there. But until April, I've been Chris. I've been Brian. I am John. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're still alive. We should learn to be like uh, Vin Diesel and say it in like 43 different languages. (laughs) 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 Me amo es John. Me gusta estoy. Actually, isn't it? It would just be soy John. What am I doing? Es John. Viva? Something viva? (laughs) Viva?